All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. Coming to you with another Torah portion. And Jake, um, what are we on here? This is week 49, and I believe it is called Kititsi, like the fly. The Titsi fly. Titsi tiny fly? Uh, there's a thing called a Titsi fly, and that's what I always think of. What's this one? But no, really, this is what's when a, no, you what, go. What's a Titsi fly? It's like a little gnat kind of thing. No. Oh. Huh. I don't like those. No, it's bad news. Yeah. Okay. So when you go. Deuteronomy twenty one ten twenty one ten through twenty five seventeen. Right. So, so just four four chapters. Pretty pretty short and sweet. That's right. Uh so you can check out Sabbath Lounge and uh go to tour portions there on the top and you'll be able to find exactly this information. And uh, just Google Sabbath Lounge. That's the easiest way to find us. And uh, we appreciate it if you share this, like it, uh, tell someone else about it. That's right. All right. So, Jake, we'll get right into it. And uh, so there's this concept in here at the beginning about how to be blameless and how to be like Abraham, how to be blame, blameless, perfect, how to live out this love of people, community, how to take care of children and animals. And when I think of Abraham, I think of hospitality. And that is something that you see in this the beginning of this Torah portion about taking care of people and just just basically good manners. Right. Doing a lot of the things that probably most people in Western society just grew up. This, this is how your parents taught you to do things. Yeah, I mean, uh, at least that's how it used to be, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and we'll go into a little more detail with this. And and once again, we keep coming on this. So, Jake, what is this that we did a, a while back? So, we did a, a an episode about Christians following Torah because we get a lot of kickback of, oh, you don't got to keep the Torah anymore, and that's for them Jews. And uh, so, we just want to put we in this episode here where you can just point out that well you're you're keeping a lot of torah also mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so if the law right. has been done away with why are you keeping all these uh burdensome commands that's right and so in chapter 22 i think that you could talk to any uh christian and as well as torah observer and they're gonna say yeah um finders keepers is not uh you know that's not something that uh, we taught children in school you know they were supposed to take it to lost and found right the lost and found yep and uh, and while you're not lost and found, don't do any cross dressing right. while you're there. Although I think uh, I think a lot of churches would say that there's oh there's no real issue with cross dressing. I mean nowadays it's more in your face and it's more it means something else. But I know back in my day, you know, you'd have like the church put on a little play and then yeah, it would be the, funny. Maybe, yeah. It'd be a funny a guy dressed up. Dressed up a, yeah. Yeah. But it was, it, it was, it was parody. It right. was not uh, trying to be a woman. It was trying to be funny. Right. So, but yeah, it's, it is different today, but still, uh, it clearly does say no cross dressing. Right. Um, and you know, and the, speaking of cross dressing, that is kind of interesting because, uh, you know, we make a big deal out of dresses and skirts and things like that. But in reality, men back in the day, they wore, wore skirts and skirts. So, 
I mean, uh, I, I don't know, but uh, but I do think that it's not about well, if you wear a dress or, or a skirt, but are you trying to look like a lady? Are you trying to look like a man? I yeah, this is it, this is one you kind of have about. to you kind of have to bounce off. Uh, and I know we don't like to get into cultural, but it applies stuff. Here. But yeah, it does apply here. You yeah. kind of have to go with what culturally works to fit your kind of norm of that's a man, that's a woman. And honestly, you know, um, Jake, I, I'd be fine wearing the old Bible garb, you know, whatever Abraham yeah. Moses wore. Um, it seems like it might be pretty comfortable. So yeah. um, but put something in the comment if, if you uh, think that would be interesting. So um, it definitely would make you stand out today if you went, went, went around wearing, uh, wearing something like that. Yeah, your tunic with your linen boxer shorts and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, but it uh, seemed like it had a lot of mobility. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, you talk a lot about, you know, you buy a pair of pants today and it's like it's got the gusseted crotch. And you're like, I don't know what that is, but for some reason I feel like I need that. So <laughs> They sell it. Yes, they sell it to people like me. <laughs> and uh, And so with that outfit, you don't have to worry about the gusseted crotch. Right. If you've ever had it's a crotch all a blowout, it's all a gusset. Yes, if you've ever had a crotch blowout, you know what I'm talking about. That's right. So you don't want that. Yeah, I think uh, Duluth Trading has what what you need, man. Yeah, that's right. So, but but we can all agree that uh, you know, being a virgin, don't kidnap people, don't traffic people. Oh, don't kidnap. Yes. Okay, I see where you're going there. And, and uh, it is this general idea of safety, you know, don't marry your father's wife, be nice to animals, help your neighbor. Everybody agrees that those are things you should do. I think that one is pretty specific. Don't marry your father's wife. It's yes, like, specific. you know, uh, old Billy Bob knew they were talking about him when that happened. Yeah, he's like, oh, dang it. <laughs> if your name is Billy Bob, I don't mean you. Yeah, sorry. Uh, for some reason, I went completely to the wrong... Oh, there we go. All right, so wrong place. And it goes on here. So in chapters 23 through 24, there's you're not supposed to have incest. You've got this idea that you are supposed to be hospitable. You're supposed hospitable. to show hosp hospitality. <laughs> and uh, don't covet the possessions of others. Uh, divorce, there's definitely divorce and remarriage rules. No partiality to the rich, which we talked about last Torah portion. Be kind, don't rip people off. Yeah, I, I know people that, uh, you know, pretty uh, staunch on no no such thing as divorce. Um, and I agree with that. However, Yahweh is a divorcee. So uh, there, ha there are... <laughs> <laughs> there are some uh, extenuating circumstances that call for a divorce. Yeah, yeah. And but then, it should not be the norm. It should not right. be the norm. Shouldn't it should be, be very difficult to yeah, for that to happen. Easy. High bar to, to reach for that. And then Jake in Matthew seven twelve, what does that say? Always do for other people everything you want them to do for you. That is the meaning of Moses' teachings and the prophets. So this this concept, uh, you know, just to encourage you to, to to realize that we do have this in common with our uh, fellow believers about uh, there's a lot of things that we're all following Torah with, and just not everybody acknowledges it. Lots of overlap, yeah, but they still do. So, and you might start an argument if you bring that up. But anyway, so then in twenty two nine it talks about diverse seeds, and so we have this conversation: what is diverse seeds? 
so Jake, do you think diverse seeds, does that mean that we can't plant a field, that we can't plant a garden? Well, let me read it here real quick. You shall not sow your vineyard with diverse seeds, lest the fruit of your seed which you have sown and the fruit of your vineyards be defiled. So it's like, yeah, it kind of sounds like he's saying, don't put a bunch of different seeds out in your plot or they'll intermingle and you'll get bad news. Yeah, it, I think this one is definitely something to think about because because if I believe creation, you have to look at creation at what Yah made, and he made a diverse seed. He also made the animal kingdom diverse. And, and, and you know, when you look at the woods and, they, you know, um, a wide open space or anywhere, you know, that uh, man hasn't touched, you've got mixtures of different plants and different seeds and different grasses yep. that intermingle. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to be a problem because we talk about that different varieties of grass coexist in the same space. Right. And it doesn't seem to be a problem. So even though they're both types of grass, they are different and they coexist. Yeah. So there's definitely something else kind of going on here. It's not just saying don't plant your uh, basil next to your tomatoes. It seems to be, you know, and I kind of, we had discussed how if you plant like two different kinds of tomatoes kind of close to each other, the seeds will cross pollinate or the plants will cross pollinate. And then the seed that you plant when you harvest that tomato and you, you know, save your seeds and you go to plant that the next year, you're not going to get the same tomato. You've now in a sense defiled your seed and you're not getting the same fruit as you did before Mm -hmm. so there's uh, you know that might be part of the concept but this is something you know uh pay a little attention to it go do some research on it yeah and i I think it could have uh maybe even something to do with genetic engineering um you know i think that um that's part part of what got the pre-flood world in trouble is a lot of genetic mutation things they were doing. And, and honestly, it's what's happening today. So this very much is applicable today. And, and I even I have made the argument. I don't know if this is true. And if anyone else has ever thought this, let me know in the comments. But I am a naturalist in, in, in practice. And um, you would even say... Um, somebody that is very, uh, I guess, a propensity to native plants. And uh, I've thought before this diverse seeds, does that mean that we're not supposed to take seeds and plants um, maybe from Africa and bring them to the United States? Is that part of what he was talking about? I don't know. Uh, That is interesting though. uh, It does does cause a lot of trouble. You know, and mostly for animals, really, yeah. uh, you know, but the plants, sometimes it does. You know, for instance, the is it kudzu vine in the deep south that's just like swallowing the south that came from Asia. And so, and there's duckweed and things that grow in ponds that aren't supposed to be here. And they just kind of take over and destroy and choke life out. So, yeah. so I think, you know, maybe that's part of it. I, you know, I don't know. I don't have a good answer. Maybe someone else does. Yeah, I think those are definitely interesting uh, uh, concepts to bring into the conversation, though. Yeah, yeah. All right, Jake, what about this fringe thing? Wear them on your 
on the corners of your garb, as it says. So, um, yeah, the spy account like you're talking about here, um, also numbers 15, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, just uh, similar to Yeshua had tassels on the corners of his garb. So, um, yeah, we're supposed to do it. Yeah. It's so, easy. yeah, explain the spy account thing. So, yeah, you know, you don't see that commandment until the 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 good and bad spies, you know, the 10 bad ones and the two good ones. And it's after that account when they give the bad report or the false witness about that. That's when he says, hey, you're going to have to wear these to help you remember to keep the commandments and remember, uh, remember who I am. And uh, that's where we see them. Yeah. Pop up. So that's just interesting. And Jake, there's this concept. There's actually this song I really like, and you can find it in Spotify, and it's that there are no more bastards. And uh, I believe that there's a principle here that we find in 23.2 that there are no bastard children in y'all's kingdom. What do you think that means, Jake? Uh, I So I think that it's saying that everyone in Yah's kingdom has a father. Yeah. Um, and if, and of, if a, of a correct, you know, joining. If you are truly a bastard children and a bastard child in God's kingdom, then who's your father? You know, or where did you come from? Yeah. You know, it, it would be, it wouldn't be a good thing. <laughs> so right. you're saying Yah is not your father. Exactly. So, so you know, because you read twenty three two, and the first, and when you're new in Torah, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, she's so harsh. And uh, but I think this is the principle, and this is the concept of why they were why they couldn't serve. Is it's because that this there, there shouldn't be that in the kingdom. Yeah, and let me just read it because it's it'll come up in a later slide, and we'll kind of come back to this. But it says, "A bastard shall not enter into the assembly of Yahweh." Even to his 10th generation shall he not enter into the assembly of Yahweh. That's pretty harsh. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, 10 mm-hmm. generations. Mm-hmm. And then Jake 23, 24. All right. If you go into your neighbor's vineyard, you may eat as many grapes as you like until you're full, but never put any in your basket. If you go into your neighbor's grain field, you may pick grain by hand, but never use a sickle to cut your neighbor's grain. So Jake explained the difference between picking grain by hand and using a sickle. Yeah, so when you're picking it by hand, you're just grabbing something to eat. Uh, it's not like... Uh, Could you say fast food? Like it's going like through the fa- drive-thru. Yeah, you're going through the drive-thru, exactly. I mean, they didn't have a, a shop on every corner to just uh, go grab a bite to eat. Put it, it took, put it put it like a little hamburger happy meal thing or something in the comments if you heard that. <laughs> so exactly. So uh but if you're going out with a sickle to your neighbor's grain, you're harvesting that and you're going to either sell it or now you're stocking up. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Now, this now is like you're stealing. Yeah, you gotta remember almost everybody was starving back then. Yeah. All the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Well it, it was there. You, you know, that's a good point. You know, that's why Yeshua says, look at the birds of the air. They don't worry. They don't 
um, Fred about where their food's going to come from, that he kind of made us that way. And he did put a lot of food here on the planet for us. And, and we are supposed to kind of be like that. But, um, you know, especially in the ancient world, you know, when you went on a journey, uh, this was, this is part of good manners. This is once again, how do you love your neighbor? And when people quote that in the new Testament, like you just love your neighbor. Well, this is one of the definitions of how do you love your neighbor? You, it looks you, like this. Yeah. You have some grain that you, you, you leave on purpose for, for disadvantaged people to, that they can come and feed yeah, themselves. And with. even in this case, uh, just think about the society we live in today. If you, a growing a big uh, garden. I know lots of people grow gardens, and uh, if some rando just started walking through your field and eating out of your field, what would what would you think? You get off my lawn, right? Yeah. Get off my lawn. But think, I, this strikes me so much as a loving society, and how great this will be when it when it actually runs like this. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to see this. Uh, it shows up again. Uh, we see it with Yeshua in Matthew twelve. Right. Then on a day of worship, Yeshua walked through the grain fields. His disciples were hungry and began to pick the heads of grain to eat. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing something that is not right to do on the day of worship. And I believe when, when they say that, you know, this is a, a pharisaical law that they had in place because clearly this scripture here says it is okay to pick grain by hand when you're walking through a field and it doesn't say anything about sabbath and in fact i think you could make the argument that if you're using a sickle on the sabbath i think that would be wrong that's work yeah yeah that's work but just to pick it by your hand that's just life that's living that's yeah, not that's, dying yeah that's kind of the difference is is are you are you out collecting harvest or are you just eating something mm -hmm. but boy they they thought they had him there yeah but they did not and then in 2419 you do see this concept of leaving the grain uh, for the poor people once again how do you love your neighbor that's how you love your neighbor it's yep doing that there's a lot about uh, grain in this one and you know growing up in west texas actually i say west texas is kind of like panhandle um, to be correct, but growing up in the Panhandle, it was very common when you did your planting that you might plant uh, a, a parcel of land for uh, peas or green beans. Um, in fact, we ate, ate a lot of black-eyed peas. I don't know if you eat black-eyed peas in Pennsylvania. Not very often. People, At least I didn't grow a up. A lot either. of people up north would call it cow food. Okay. But we in the South, we like our black, black eyed peats. And uh, we would uh, often grow them and let, we would open up uh, for whoever to come pick them. And that was a common practice. You know, we would do it, our neighbors would do it. And every year, I think just being good manners, you know, people, people did that back in the day. Yeah, and they may awesome. still do it. Did you have a lot of uh, people turn up? Yeah. Yeah, we did. You know, my my great grandmother, you know, she always knew old so, so and so, you know, he grew this this year and he said we could go pick it, you know, and we'd go into his field one evening and, and we'd pick some. So and people would come to our place and do it sometimes. Yeah. Nowadays, that sounds like a good way to get shot. Yeah. Just go yeah. on someone's property and start eating their food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 
you know, that's how your community should be. You should be, you know, get to know your neighbors and know that you're not going to get shot when you walk out of your property. So Jake, there's this other concept of putting a ring on it. Uh, And we talked a little bit about certificate of divorce, that that, there there was some parameters for that. There's also parameters about remarrying and the husband having to die. And then Jake, my favorite, tell us about the honeymoon. Uh, Yeah, you get to spend a year with your spouse. No war, no going to war, uh, no starting a war. Um, no going to war and uh, you get the year off. Yeah. They, you know, think about how how much better marriages would be if they could do that. Yeah. That that would help you start off on such a better place, you know, that you would really, you know, um, solidify your friendship uh, during that year and just... Um, really learn to... Uh, you know, be that oneness yeah. that you're mm-hmm. striving for. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good principle, hard to do today. So thankfully in 2426, our parents' sin doesn't condemn us. And I am so thankful for that. Right. And this is uh, why I wanted to bring up uh, when we looked at the, the bastard child thing and it says to the 10 generations, 10th generation, right? Mm-hmm. So you're kind of, that's a way of paying for your, the sins of the father, right? And so there's that concept of the sins of the father not falling on the the children. But you see with David and Solomon how their sins, you know, fell onto their children. So you kind of have to put these in the right context because it's kind of both and. Um, I'm not condemned for my father's sin, but I definitely have to deal with the fact that my father was a sinner Mm -hmm. and that stuff does pass on to me. The consequences of that does pass on to me. Yeah. And this should be 2416. Ooh. There's not a 2426. Doesn't exist. Okay. Not in Deuteronomy. So 2416. Good catch. And then we've got uh, Messiah here in 20. Uh, uh, now, yeah, yeah, yep. we do 21, we 22. 21, 22, and then 25, 3. We've got those connections. So, Jake, tell us about these connections. So, 21, 22 says, Cursed is one who's hung on a tree. And then uh, 25, verse 3, talks about uh, the stripes, that, which is the lashes. And you couldn't give someone uh, as a penalty more than 40 lashes because that would be overkill for any any uh wrongdoing you could do that you know wasn't death mm-hmm. as a punishment so um that's kind of the concept there it's and, it's the punishment fits the crime yeah and you know we have seen some people recently talking about this idea of the traditional cross that maybe he was crucified a little bit different than w- the way most of us have considered it maybe he literally was hung on a tree and it's something to, to definitely consider um, and, 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 and think about, uh, maybe, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at this point that, that uh, the way he died on the cross may not be exactly the way it's been portrayed that, or it may be exactly like that. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to tell because of how many falsehoods have been passed on. So. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, definitely not. It's, good... it's even if it is, you know, the way we've always learned it to be that that concept of hung on a tree is still there. Yeah. Terrible. And then 25, four don't muzzle, muzzle your ox. Don't muzzy the ox. That's right. 
And then first Corinthians nine, four kind of repeats and echoes the same thing. And that got it from 25, four. Yeah. So that says, have we not power to eat and to drink? So yeah, one of the things I think about with this is, uh, um, you ever hear the saying, um, I like my way of doing something better than your way of doing nothing. No. Well, it's, it's the idea of if, if you're going to come criticize the way I'm doing it, at least I'm doing something mm-hmm. to affect the change. Right. Mm-hmm. You're sitting over there just Monday morning quarterbacking me, you know? Yeah. So if you're going to, so that kind of, to me fits into this idea of don't muzzle the ox while it's treading the grain. I'm doing something. Stop trying to stop me from doing it because you, you know, you don't like the way I'm doing it unless yeah. you can come up with a better way of doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And then we get to um, this crazy nuclear bomb thing going off here. And Jake, explain what, what's happening here with this. This is, so we're talking about the Amalekites or some, some say Amalekites. Um, I've heard that phrasing also. I say Amalekite. But anyway, so the defendant, this, the descendants of Amalek were the grandsons of Esau, and they were told, hey, destroy all the, these folks. Um, and there's the concept of Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. And this was interesting because this was uh, before Esau had even committed any kind of sins, I believe, is is when this phrase is, that time frame that this phrase is discussing that Yah says. So it's definitely another one of those we talked about last week. There were certain people that he tells them to destroy, and this is one of those groups of people. Yeah. And just tells them to, to nuke them. And I believe we've about come to the end of the Torah portion of When You Go. Right. Key Titsi Fly. We're week 49. Deuteronomy 21, 10 through 25, 17. And if you haven't read this week's Torah portion, it's time you did. Yep. Go read it and uh, give this video a like, uh, subscribe, thumbs up, uh, subscribe so you can get all the follow-up Uh, videos that we put out and catch all of our wonderful content that's right and if you want to find torah portions in a handy place just google sabbath lounge torah portions and you'll find all the torah portions right at your fingertips it's torah portions made easy with a little help from our friend joshua myers and he provided the artwork on those pages but uh, hopefully you can find that useful and uh, that's why we did it is so uh, your group can have an easier study Right. But uh, we encourage you to continue to uh, share this and and tell other people about Sabbath Lounge. And also I'd encourage you to uh, pray a prayer with us. And that is a prayer for our children and the people that uh, that are connected to us and our extended families. And our prayer for children that we know is that they would love Yah more than the world, that they would love and, and seek Yah the way a deer pants for the water. And so right now at this time in our recording, it's hot and dry in Texas. And it's pretty easy to understand how a deer would pant for water. And, and that's exactly what we want for our children. We want them to, uh, to seek him more than they seek the world. And I think if we would all pray that for our children, uh, things would go better in the world. That's a good point. So we appreciate you stopping by and listening to Sabbath Lounge. This is Matt and Jake signing off.